Welcome back to the Citadel presented by Trending in Education. We're here to talk about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5, The Bells, Dan Strafford, Mike Palmer, and Brandon Jones along with you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Disclaimer at the top, if you have not yet seen Episode 5, if you have not started Season 8, you'll want to tune out from this podcast now. Or maybe, Brandon, they'll want to stay tuned and realize that this episode may disappoint a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, I think this is the uh, the appropriate episode for hot takes. I was there was a there was a hot take uh, episode long. Um, yeah, I think we'll get into this, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a blended average for me. There were some really spectacular moments, and I think they did a great job with a lot of the CGI and some some interesting, touching moments, small moments even. Um, but uh, that blended with. Um, a lot of bad, I think. Uh, you know, great shows can have bad endings, and, and I think we're experiencing that. That doesn't mean I'm not enthusiastic. That doesn't mean I wasn't riveted uh, to my TV during, during every minute of uh, The Bells. But, um, yeah, when, when we get into it, I'll, 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 be, I'll be breathing fire. There, I see what you did there. Uh, there were plenty of moments my wife, my viewing partner, uh, yelled at the television, and I don't think she's ever done that before when viewing a show. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And to Brandon's point, you talk about a Lost or a Dexter or any, like some of these shows that have riveted people, The Walking Dead for a lot. um, They don't always end on the high note. They don't always end in the same fashion that we watch throughout. It's tough to tie all these uh, pieces together. But Mike, how are you doing today? And any uh, gut checks or hot takes here at the top uh, as we get ready to discuss episode five? I usually hold my hot takes to the the body of the podcast. So right now we're in the prologue. Uh, so so maybe some gut checks. I will. If you hear any noise in the background, it's because uh, Matthew, uh, my son, is nearby. So uh, you know he I needed a little moral support after uh, last night's uh, episode because the the Rotten Tomatoes trend that I've been tracking for the last few uh, episodes is continuing to plummet. Uh, so uh, well below uh, unfresh. Now it's just rotten. Uh, getting getting into the rotten zone. So below fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the first time ever for a Game of Thrones episode. And uh, I was I was very disappointed in the sh- the episode itself. Although I think in the fullness of time, uh, I'm enjoying the moment. Uh, I do think there's a lot more opportunities to kind of revel in the human imagination, basically what could have been on the one hand, and then also what R.R. Martin put into place uh, to, uh, to sort of get the, the bar set so high that in some ways I think this is like a, a quick resolution to the TV series that will still be remembered as one of the great ones. Uh, it's just going to Unfortunately, I think it, it will be remembered as a bad final two seasons and uh, probably the overall score for season eight is going to be pretty bad uh, as well. So um, I'm trying to fit it into the bigger context. I think that's the better way to understand it at this point, uh, while still, you know, like Brandon said, tracking each show, uh, you know, with tremendous interest and uh, suspense. But, uh, but they, they've been making a lot of choices that I think uh, probably never would have happened had this sort of followed the pacing of the books and even the series uh, up until season seven. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of coming to terms with it and I'm trying to, uh, you know, 
move forward in a positive light. I, I think it's a big point too. And what could have been if, if George R. R. Martin had finished the series, you know, had, you know, finished the books and what ending we would get from that series rather than what we're getting here from the showrunners with supposed influence from George R. R. Martin, but the, what could have been uh, from a plot line and a storyline perspective, and obviously that still could fall flat and that could be tough to produce maybe on the screen. But Brandon, I guess we can start at the beginning of the episode and, and make our way through. We usually have some off ramps uh, discussion throughout, but uh, we open with uh, the, you know, I guess the aftermath of the, the uh, Masande death and what's going to happen uh, with the confrontation in King's Landing, what the plan is. Uh, and we have, I guess, early on in the episode, the Jon Snow, Daenerys, discussion around love and fear and really set the tone for the entire episode yeah i mean they've been they've been setting danny up for this heel turn um really they had some seeds planted in season one but really throughout season eight they've been they've been really laying it on thick there um i think i think that the love fear dynamic is interesting and you know i, I probably will come back to that a little bit when talking about danny's fateful decision upon hearing the bells to, to start uh, heating things up. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting open. I mean, so Danny also like looking, looking pretty disheveled. Uh, she's missing the, uh, the, uh, the familiar touch of uh, Missande on, uh, on the, on the hairdo, I think. I think she um, was, uh, she was borrowing Ophelia's uh, makeup person. I yeah, think. I think that's right. Um, you know, so there's also early in the episode, there's the, uh, the end of Varys, um, who, you know, as, as prophesied by the, uh, by, by the Red Woman, ends, uh, dies in Westeros. And uh, made the Lord of Light, we might be happy, because goes up uh, flambe, it's Varys flambe. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting there. You've got uh, treasonous ac actions really by a lot of folks. You've got the reveal that um, Danny understood Tyrion to have shared news he shouldn't have gotten and, and John's betrayal in her words of, uh, of her. Um, it, it's looking like it's going to be bad, although they, they do, they do in, the, in that throne room scene when Tyrion introduces the idea of if the city surrenders and hears the bells that we sh they should call off the invasion. And she gives that, that nod to Grey Worm. Um, Grey Worm, by the way, just, uh, and, and no judgment, but he, he's, he's filled out a little bit uh, from his, uh, from his early unsullied days. I, I, I was, uh, I'm not sure he's convincing as the leader of the army, uh, given, yeah. uh, uh, given where he's gone, but um, he's, uh, he's, he's clearly had a few date nights with uh, Masande where they, <laughs> they, they splurged. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. You get comfortable, you know, in a relationship, you go out to dinner, you know. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, the, the first sort of uh, chapter of this episode is, is setting up for, uh, for obviously the, the big battle at King's Landing. Um, and it feels, it, it feels forced. I mean, the, the thing about, about Danny throughout the show is she has said she doesn't want to be Queen of the Ashes. She's been a you know, protector of women and, and the innocent. That's right. yep. And, um, you know, obviously she has some moments where she, she cooks the masters in, uh, um, in Marine. And um, she, I think was, I was there somewhere in Essos. Uh, all those, those many, many, many years in Essos, by the way, I, this, I'm going on, uh, this is, this is nonlinear, but the, uh, 
how many years do we spend in, in, in Essos versus how, like, in how quickly do we turn? It was so long there. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it feels, although you can imagine her deciding to, you know, to kill Cersei, had Cersei been um, presenting herself, you know, had she made the decision to surrender, you can, I could imagine that happening. But it, it feels like for all the setup that they're trying to force on us quickly uh, in this season and in the first part of this episode, it, it, felt, it felt forced. There was, a, I think, I like where you're going there too, because it, it feels like she was always uh, an, almost an agent of retribution or vengeance, you know, or justice, you know, just a, a harsh justice. And uh, even, you know, the examples you laid out there, you know, even, even when she... Uh, smoked the the tarleys like it was they had just they made a choice they had they had an option to bend the knee they just so decided not to same thing with Varys. it was like you know retribution for uh an, an injustice same thing with the masters right so like i thought it was interesting now that this really was a stark <laughs> pun unintended a stark <laughs> a stark change for her to uh to lay waste like this yep but um and i just i did find the laying waste to be kind of boring and repetitive you know yeah. like there were there like if if you got just the highlights of that if they cut maybe cut it in half uh in terms of how much the you know the dragon is is just burning the city how many like, alleys how many alleys oh can you God. burn uh, with There's a lot of zigging know, and zagging. Yeah, with, oh with, with it's the same shot of like, here comes the dragon down the. Like oh, everybody's burned. They're they're my lawn. They're pyrometrics uh, experts. I, I think were paid a premium, so they wanted to see. <laughs> okay, now what if it's like a bank that then goes sharp right? Would the fire True. make it all the way around, or would it just be ashes? Um, but uh, but I but I do think for her to flip so. Uh, so starkly, I'm going to keep doing it yep. now, now. Now intended. Uh, I did. I know there was setup, but it didn't feel. Um, I didn't. I didn't believe in her. Her portrayal felt more nuanced than the breaking point. Like sure. breaking point to me didn't feel consistent with what had set up. Uh, unless the dragon was just unmanageable too because like you don't really see no 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 that was all that was all danny da it was all danny but my point is like you don't really see you just see the dragon you don't really see danny like how is she when you're even even if you're the mother of dragons you know as uh, as i continue to bounce uh, a small child nearby you don't have complete control over the dragon right like it's it's like a great uh mixed doubles pair right like so <laughs> There's what she's doing. There's what the dragon's doing, and like there's a there, there's sort of a blending of the two of them. But uh, but how much direct control when when he's when he's blowing around corners and such? Is that because Danny is like tugging yeah, on like yeah, the back Dan, of his Danny's head directing him. I I think that if. It's like, a, think, it's like a teleconnect, like a telepathic bond. Of yeah, there's supposed to be, and you know, this, at this point, they're so far off book that who knows, but in theory, the, the book lore is that a dragon will bond to a single rider. Mm. And so, uh, and then there is like, there is that sort of telepathic bond. Wow. 
that um, you know, in, in theory, the, the dragon's actions are largely the will of the riders. To, to your point before, Brendan, we, we got this, uh, the whispers in first and second season that Danny might become the Mad Queen or might you know, become a Targaryen by true name. And uh, we got in this episode the reminder of the, the coin flip for the gods when Targaryens are born. It's a heads, everybody lives, tails, maybe not heads or tails, but you get what I'm saying here. So we had some foreshadowing around this potential turn. We did see Tyrion trying to be a conscience of sorts for her, trying to convince her that this is not the right way to go. But even Tyrion was uh, not necessarily the best hand that she ever had or could have had because he consistently was letting Jamie go and letting you know these little bits and pieces sharing the news about John with Varys sharing these pieces so she truly was alone at this point other than with her dragon she felt this is my only move this is what I need to do so I think we did get foreshadowing along the way I feel I did feel in episode the term was too quick there wasn't a build it was just all of a sudden the bells ring we're going to that point, the bells, if the bells rung, that means they had surrendered to open the gates, ring the bells, and to call off the action. Uh, you then saw Grey Worm get the cue from Danny that we're not done, right? So we're, we're, we're going to lay waste to this city. And Grey Worm seemingly trying to avenge Masande's death went after, and then all the men followed. And you see the problem with John trying to figure out what to do, right? He's trying to keep his men back. He has to defend himself. And then the rest of the episode is the, the hellscape that, king's landing becomes and the ashes that may be left it was a long ride i agree with mike that maybe half the time could have been used in showing us king's landing burning down but is this where it fell off the map for you brandon or, or was it already pieces that were were feeling off at the start of this episode yeah i mean it's been off for the whole last two sure. seasons i think as mike said um but i i think this this was the this wasn't the wheel that was broken uh, necessarily. This was the the character arc for Danny for me. I, I think it comes down to, and this is not necessarily binary, but it is either her decisions, either more madness or more calculated, right? So like, let's just uh, play make believe and assume that, that that framing is right. If it's on the more madness side, I get it. I mean, and that's, there's, there's tar, uh, oft referenced Targaryen lore about how that happens, coin flip, et cetera. That's just kind of a bummer. Um, and, you know, you're taking a, a character who was, I think, Mike, you said it right. It's like it's a, it's a severe justice, but she was a just uh, ruler. Um, you take someone who has been sympathetic and nuanced. And, you know, as a, as a woman leader, there aren't a lot of those. I mean, I think you've got one in Sansa, but there aren't a lot of those. And then you're going to sort of cast her away as just the Mad Queen. There's you know, there's, there's woman problems in the Mad Queen piece too. So I, I think that's, that's sort of unfortunate if it's, if it's more madness, if it's more calculated. And the way that I, I could get behind more calculated is, um, one, she's gotten terrible advice from her advisor. Said she'd done this initially, she would have saved so many people. And she does talk about, you know, she's doing this for all the future generations. If she's taking the super long view and saying, King's Landing is never going to be a place of support for me. It's only going to be, you know, these people don't love me. So, you know, I, I, I am going to inflict this, this great uh, tragedy upon them, but it's to, to, to have a better future for, you know, not them and not their children, but their children's children. Um, that, that I, I could be convinced of that, I suppose. And, and also, you know, if, um, 
if you if she is worried about John's legitimate claim to the throne, um, having a whole city full of people who are probably going to be more inclined to John than to her is also a a, a problem. So even still, like it does feel like if it's on the more calculated than more mad side, um, the calculate the calculus is probably a little off. So that that to me, the the Danny who I, I was rooting for Danny. Uh, throughout this whole show. Um, she's a super, I think Amelia Clark played her really well. I think she's a super interesting character. Um, and it feels a little cheapened uh, mm-hmm. for me. So, so yeah. I think yes and no. It, it, it started breaking a season ago, but this was, this was a, a, pretty big, a pretty big break. Yeah, and just to build on that too, like the bad advisors piece, like Tyrion turned into the, the fool, right? Like he's, he became the court jester. Like the last... The last two seasons, um, he's a terrible hand. Like terrible. He's, done, he's done nothing to help her. And then he has this like half-assed idea that, oh, oh, by the way, if the bells ring, that means I plotted something behind the scenes and something you don't really know about would indicate that everything's gonna, like everyone's just gonna bow to you suddenly. Um, I, I think there was a tactical element to that where, uh, you know, not to mention her other advisor, she had just burned for treason, you know? So like, it's, to me, it reached a point where she did feel truly alone and kind of betrayed by the people who were generally uh, arguing for caution um, so that the, there is a rationality to going stronger. I just don't understand, why wasn't she just taking the dragon directly to Cersei? Like Cersei was not, she wasn't hiding and like it was almost like she was misdirecting her rage. There are all those shots of Cersei looking out on the distance at the carnage. And I just kept waiting for the dragon. Like the red keep is where the red keep is. Why, why wouldn't the dragon just beeline there? And wouldn't that have accelerated a lot of this plot, you know, where at the end of the day, you know, Cersei. I guess you needed Jamie to find Cersei somewhere. Which, which uh, I think that's yes. part of it. But that, I, that, but that, that's more of a contrivance, you know. And like, if you want to play with timelines to have Jamie like sort of suddenly walk into uh, Cersei's uh, bedroom, Chambra, if you will, uh, right as like the the dragon is coming for them, and then they're immolated as opposed to crushed. Um, I just felt that they almost avoided an obvious move there to replace with kind of maybe some CGI and some pyrotechnics and some more bad will that they're generating for a character that a lot of us love. But it didn't make sense in the moment. Like I did not understand why, like her beef is with Cersei and she wants the Iron Throne. You know, even get the Iron Throne and then then frighten the populace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like achieve the outcome that you're looking for and then rule by fear. You know, like I just felt there wasn't as much, uh, that's where like, to me, the madness would have been still directed at Cersei, you know, but I guess for some reason she just kind of lost it and wanted to bring the pain. Yep. 
I think uh, Brandon was saying before, and I think some of the analysis of just uh, she felt she had to lay waste everything, you know, and just start over to an extent and, and show the fear that she was not going to let any of these citizens of King's Landing live as best she could and start over uh, with uh, from the ashes, from from the fire. But I agree with you throughout the episode. And some of the things my wife was saying was just go get Cersei. Like, just, like yeah. j- just do it. Just go end this. Right. Uh, but we got this elongated chase scene in some way of the dragon zigzagging back and forth before it came towards the tower. And it finally did. And we see shots of Arya and the Hound, their discussion. Uh, a nice moment, you could say, in their relationship. as She called him by his real name and sent him off to find his brother. And you had Arya then turn around. We got sort of... POV from Arya running through the rubble uh, to, to end the episode. Uh, but uh, Brandon, Hound v. The Mountain, uh, Gregor versus was Sandor was yep. uh, Clegane's, uh, the younger Clegane's uh, name. It was a little bit much for me. It took too much of the episode to get that culmination between the two. Uh, felt like, again, something that could have been done in lesser time. Any takes there on their fight and, and how that came to be the ending? Yeah, I, I want to go, I, I will uh, give a take on that, but I just want to say one other thing about the um, Danny piece. So, so one on the calculated side, so when she took Marine, I still think it's Marine, um, when she took Marine, uh, she had to deal with the Sons of the Harpy problem for a long time, right? So uh, again, that, that wasn't called out here, so this is just in the realm of speculation slash trying to, to rationalize, but you know, if she just takes out Cersei, is that not analogous to just taking out the the some of the masters and you know might you still have a lot of malcontents in king's sure. landing so there may be actually more more you know um smart calculus involved than than i'm giving credit for but anyway just wanted to to, to put that out there clegane bowl uh which felt like a service of fan fiction which also or, or fan uh the the, the fanboy fan girldom out there um I would also put in that category uh, the Arya Gendry uh, hookup, the Jamie uh, Brienne hookup. Yeah. Like people were people people out there in the in the world were uh, were, were um, uh, agitating for those, and and then they happened. Uh, Click Game Bowl was was fine. It, uh, I wouldn't want to fight someone on the stairs. Is one of the, one of my decisions. Feels like there's a lot of falling down, and that's got to really hurt. Um, like I felt real sore after watching yeah. Clegane Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, uh, Kyburn gets gets uh, uh, <laughs> uh, taking taking that. That was awesome. Just I like has just like a a little a shrug. He's taking yeah, on like yeah. it's like such a such a nothing. Yeah, this is what happens sometimes to Doctor Frankenstein. Uh, is the monster comes back and uh, it's not controllable. Um, I thought it was too long. Like h- how many? hacks and and stabs and and gouges and etc can we have i thought it was a little too cute that it was also resolved by the sort of over the edge into the fire uh the hound ends in fire anyway um yeah i guess i'm glad that it happened i imagined it be kind of being kind of different and in my imagination it was perfect um and uh this was fine but um, you, you needed to have some sort of resolution. So I, I guess we, we got some sort of resolution. And so we should be happy for what we got. Uh, that, was, that was my take on, uh, on Clegane Bowl. Yeah, so uh, my take on Clegane Bowl, which is kind of a broader take on Game of Thrones, at least this season, uh, arguably the last two seasons, is they're, they're almost trying to sell video games. You know, like they're turning this into uh, something that people will be able to 
play later. And like, and it also feels like they might even be designing it akin to how uh, video games are designed. So like, it feels as though they've lost their ability to uh, treat this as, uh, as something that's visual, cinematic, uh, theatrical, but is not like over the top boss level, crazy fight, you know, secret, uh, secret way to kill the bad guy. Like it, it's all becoming kind of uh, derivative, I think, uh, where, you know, what happened with the Night King didn't feel that different from what happened with the mountain. And, and then, uh, you know, Euron, who was just crushing it with the javelin uh, just a week ago, suddenly can't find his mark. Yeah, he, he, the shooter's got to shoot, but he did not have, did not have the three-point stroke during this and, contest. And, and he can't even, take, can't even take Jamie out, you know? And, like, and so, so that's where the ways in which they're playing forward now feel more, uh, like I said, uh, derivative of stuff they've already done. Um, and, uh, and that's when I'm just trying to take a step back and understand how much I appreciate uh, thus far that makes me frustrated by the way that it's ended you know so like I think in retrospect you know and I'll probably be on this tip a little more in the remaining episodes of the Citadel is like I, I think this will be among the all-time great uh, TV series it's already like got its own position right next to uh, Tolkien stuff in uh, in sort of the fantasy literature space and uh, I think TV wise this is right up there with some of the great series. I would put it above even the ones you mentioned, Dan. I would actually I'd put it closer to uh, The Wire, which also uh, didn't end quite so catastrophically bad, but I was pretty disappointed in season five of The Wire. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you need to go out well to be in the, the very, very, very top, which is usually uh, more reserved. Breaking Bad is still the one that I thought you know, this I think the equivalent of this episode for Breaking Bad was Ozymandias, which is arguably one of the greatest uh, TV episodes ever released. No spoilers. And I felt like, yeah, but I did feel that uh, that Game of Thrones had that potential where, like, we would all be talking about how amazing this episode was. And uh, it's even called The Bells. Like, I feel like their titling has not been stellar uh and really since the long night it's it's continued to kind of just zig and zag in ways that don't make sense um so so i don't know uh i'm just trying to take a take a step back and figure you know they did jump the shark you know like they the the old uh happy days reference yep. like they, they pushed it too far uh it's gonna taint their position in history but it's still you know all-time top 10 top five uh shows that have ever ever been made uh, for a number of reasons yeah, yeah. and i i would just add on the because i i've been i've been beefing uh here pretty hard i think as is as is deserved by this episode but um as a standalone piece of of sort of cinema like that that or tv dumb um that episode was actually pretty good i mean there there's it's it's uh it's worst for what it does to the overall trajectory of the Game of Thrones eight season uh, story that we've we've known and loved um, and has really captured, uh, you know, it's been part of the zeitgeist. 
but it, it's there was like there was really good acting i thought in that episode the i thought the cgi was actually really good I and mean, when i think about season season one episode one bran is running along the top yeah. of a building and they like totally ran out and so ran out of their out of their budget and it looks so bad so they've gone from you know a, a kid running along the top of a building where it just is it's almost unwatchable to the point where you've got a dragon burning an entire city and it, it looks really good. I think they did some, you know, a lot of them, I would say too many, but they did a lot of the shots of the, the sort of small folk getting um, either burned or killed or like post burning. Like some of that was pretty touching actually. I thought there was some, some moments that were, were good. So it was, I might watch this episode again you know, in, in, uh, as, as something to watch. Um, whereas I don't, I don't know that I would like sit down and watch season, season eight start to finish. I maybe, I, I probably will. What am I saying? But you know, like th- this actually was, there, there's some really good parts to this. So I, 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 I don't want to, this is not just all hate, uh, well, from, uh, from me. It is a, a relatively tough bar to beat, right? What this show has done for seven seasons. And to your point, the building, we've gotten better and better seasons and better and better episodes along the way. Season seven felt a little disconnected. Now this season felt rushed and some of the storylines have been rough to watch, but it almost a, a, you know, problem of your own success. You have to keep beating it and keep getting better and keep, you know, moving the, the, the goalposts to a certain extent. Uh, we did get the Aria point of view run through King's Landing interspliced with the burning and with the, the Jamie and Cersei scenes and the Euron and, and Jamie scenes. Um, if you watch the, you know, inside the episode afterwards, they made the point that they felt that made you more connected to what was happening, running along with one of the characters that we have come to care about. Um, obviously you thought a couple of times she might've bit it, but we never saw it actually happen. So she, she pops back up. She's bloodied. She's covered in ash. Um, and then if you have a take on that, Michael Brennan, jump in. But the, the horse at the end, I think, is metaphorical in many ways and is trying to set the scene for episode six. But any takes, Mike, on joining Arya on her run through and, and getting to see the mom and the daughter again? They didn't make it and, and all those pieces. I think it it harkens back to the, the video game concept. I, I think the protagonist in the video game, uh, the, there will be an ability to be the Arya, the Maze Runner, you know, Lara Croft, you know, like Lara Croft. Same thing that happened um, in The Long Night, right? She's running through uh, Winterfell. Now she's running through King's Landing. And uh, she's kind of the Maze Runner assassin. Uh, so... Um, I did like, to Brandon's point, I did like some of the way things resolved with uh, Arya and the Hound. I thought that 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 felt, I was expecting more of that really throughout, that there would be characters whose relationships I cared about having the sort of poignant moments that would then sort of accelerate the plot forward in more interesting ways. And um, you had a little bit of that with Tyrion and Jaime with the, you know, you know, again, being a really terrible hand and letting the prisoner go. Um, but but it, but that just didn't feel like enough to me. Uh, and then by the time we had the scene with Jamie and Cersei, um, it was so doomed that I, it had its own kind of doomed lover kind of... Plus, he's he really should have been dead by then, you know? So it was like doomed lover plus we're all shaking our heads and like, how is he still walking? Um, so... Uh, 
I just was hoping there would be more like that. And I thought the, the horse at the end um, and maybe the final episode bounces back a little, <laughs> although I do feel like I'm in an abusive relationship and I keep, I keep expecting it to turn things to turn around. And there's a chance that the last episode is terrible. But, uh, but it did feel like, you know, the bittersweet element that um, I think we've talked about on previous shows, there will be a way to resolve with some sense of hope and resolution uh, from this point forward, I think. Because, uh, uh, you know, something around Arya, something really around the Starks, who were not particularly present, if you think of the only Starks as really being, you know, Arya, Sansa, and Bran, I want to figure out what happens with that house, which is really the house that I've been, uh, we've all been behind. Uh, Arya and the horse, like that's kind of a good signal, almost like the, had almost like a dire wolf kind of vibe to it. Like something magical was happening to kind of keep the Starks uh, and their hopes uh, alive. Uh, I hope that the, right along with the Starks, that uh, that there will be some, well-delivered surprises in the last episode when the battle the battle scenes are done uh oh and then last thought too like the gold company oh my god all hype and they just get they just get flamed like that's all that happened right did they did they do anything no no yeah Gonski, the gold There's the golden company oh my god uh, but yeah. you have to pay Chekhov's, for them Chekhov's guns are just uh you know, not even firing blanks. There's, there's all these things showing up. They're getting melted down for parts. Nothing happens. Yeah, just real quick, uh, my, my last takes on that. Um, when I first saw the horse, I was like, is this a metaphor? Is, is she dead? Yep. Which I guess we don't know that she's not, although maybe we saw her in the, in the teaser for episode six. Right. Yep. Um, and then I was like, could Bran have warged into a horse to go like deliver a horse to her? I mean, what, why couldn't Bran have just warged into Cersei and just jumped off of the, <laughs> jumped off of the, the, the red keep. Uh, I feel like Bran was, he, he underutilized his uh, superpowers. Um, Arya super lucky. I mean, uh, although there are probably going to be some long-term health impacts from, from inhaling all of that dust and, and uh, stone particles, she's going to need to, She's going to get that checked out. Um, but everybody else is getting smoked. And there she is, just rubble after rubble. Barney Rubble is just falling all over her. She, she was, it, was a, it was a mess for her. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm, I'm hoping for a better episode six than episode five or four, maybe even three uh other things that are on my, on my in my notes I, I we didn't talk about this but um we, we should uh, or i would like to note that it was a lot brighter like i, I would yes. i'm yes, less likely to watch episode three than episode five again yep um just because it's episode three was so dark it was so hard um for me to follow but episode five was that was better um but yeah uh hope hope that we get some interesting resolution in in episode six and that we can you know, maybe get uh, get get north of fifty percent on the uh, the Rotten Tomato tomatometer um, to see how that uh, how that goes. I will say, I initially thought the horse was significant, signifying death that Arya had in fact uh, left us. But then, while she rode it, covered in ash, the horse white reminded me of the Night King and reminded me of maybe she is in fact the representation of death for someone else. 
uh, as we move forward, perhaps who sits on the Iron Throne next. She said she'd kill the queen. She never said which queen she was going to kill. So we may see that come to pass in episode six uh, as we roll forward. Great discussion as always. Hopefully we turn uh, on the up in episode six and uh, with some resolutions, but also uh, a good episode that is fun to watch. With that said, thanks so much for listening to The Citadel. As always, trending in education proper is every Tuesday morning. We release The Citadel later on the week, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Hope you're enjoying it. Let us know over on Twitter at Trending in Ed and let us know on Facebook at the same. We're back with you next week for the final episode of Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 6. More to come here on The Citadel. <laughs>